Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, Damo on another defeat. Craig on a championship slipping away. Rob on changes behind the scenes. And Paul on changes in the team. Welcome to the Weekend Wrap on the renowned Radio Newark Sport. And this is what all those stories are about. Newark Hockey Club ladies head coach Sally Halfpenny took the brave decision to weaken the already safe ladies ones in line to to bolster the twos who had to take at least a point off the champions University of Nottingham keeping up Tony and it worked with a remarkable 5-5 draw (laughs) Sahara Jackson leading the way with an hat-trick for the record the ladies lost 6-2 at Loughborough and the men made it hard work of beating Mansfield but they did by 5 goals to 4 to move up to 6 in the table me thinks Paul Halfpenny is going to have a lot to talk about more dropped home points sees any hope of winning the league evaporating fast for New York Flow Serve. The only plus point is that visitors Sherwood, the only side with a realistic chance of catching the works, to the runners up spot to remain five points adrift after a low field stalemate. Tom Potts thought he'd won the game with a wonderful injury time free kick, but the lead lasted four minutes as the referee played Fergie time. In other news, Selston beat Ashby. New York Town's recent good form came to an abrupt end with a 2-0 defeat at Station Road against Appleby Frodingham. Both goals coming in a very much wind-assisted second half. And elsewhere in football, Grantham continued to flirt with relegation after a single Buxton goal sent the Gingerbreads to another home defeat. Araby beat Rushton 3-0 to remain 6 in the United Counties Division 1 and Ollerton lose 3-0 at home to Skeggy but still should have enough points to stay in Step 6 for another season. And Newark Rugby Club have made the change to the senior coaching team with Ben Buxton stepping down as head coach with immediate effect. Director of Rugby Tim Barker will coordinate the senior coaching arrangements for the rest of the season with a new appointment in place for the start of the 2019-20 campaign. Club chairman Andrew Fern said, On behalf of the club, I would like to thank Ben for his hard work and commitment over the last three seasons and wish him every success in the future. I think, Tony, that's going to be a very interesting conversation at half past seven with Rob um, because it cannot be a coincidence that on Monday Newark pull out of the prestigious Cup, County Cup semi-final and on Friday the coach goes. Yeah, it's. it's um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one uh, for, for Rob's fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it was. Uh, I'll... It's not. Uh, not. Be- Let's just leave it for the moment that it's not been a good week for New York Rugby Club. I said at the time that it was a good idea to pull out of the cup competition because you can't put an untried uh, player into a in, into the front row of a pack. And so, uh, basically, you cannot play weakened teams in rugby because someone's going to get seriously hurt. So, if they can't fulfil, uh, if, if they can't fulfil the fixture by uh, by playing a full strength fifteen, then I think it's the right thing to do is is to uh, okay. So you fixture you have jumped well and truly off the fence on that one. Yeah, rugby, of course, is different to football in that respect isn't it at Manchester United you can put three 17 year olds in for a European tie at Rugby Union you put weakened lads in who aren't prepared for, who aren't prepared physically for uh, first 15 rugby and you're going to be looking at ambulance situations ok we'll go with that one is it right to weaken the first team to bolster the yes. second team yeah. do you play for a should the first team always be the strongest team because evidently for the last two weeks it's not been at the hockey club but it's worked because if they beat second bottom nottingham players next weekend they're going to get promoted so are you playing for the club 
or should everything be focused to the strongest first team? You play for the club as a whole in a situation like that, where the first team are safe and the seconds are still, you know, with all to play for, then you take some people out of your first team and put them in the seconds to make them strong. I think that's the, that, that's, a, that's a very good club scenario. OK, well, we're going to ask Paul's opinion on it. I don't know, I'm sure he will give you that opinion. I'll say, I'm sadly chasing him. But, well, I mean, you know... Why do you think I agreed with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's worked. Right, we're going to try and get hold of Dave Mo Parkinson, but uh, he is working. He's got an FA coaching course on tonight, so if he can get away with his mobile for five minutes to talk to us, he's going to. If not, I've got a little treat coming up, um, especially <laughs> for Tony, because he doesn't have a clue what's going to go off um, if Damo's not there. Um... This gives me time, of course, to tell you what's going off the rest of this week on Radio Newark Sport. Tomorrow night, a welcome return of the Newark Swimming Club. John Palmer is bringing some of the champion swimmers um, along with, with him. We haven't heard from the swimming club for all, probably a year now while they've um, been changing their personnel around. But John Palmer's going to come and bring some of the youngsters and we're going to catch up. And we look forward to that. Of course, also tomorrow night, we've got the Twins and we've got um, Graham Welsh from the Striders. Ah, oh, we've got Damo as well, so let's um, let's get him. Um, let's talk to Damo and try not to keep him too long because um, I know he is busy working. So, Damo, we thank you so much for finding five minutes to uh, to, to talk to us from uh, a okay. freezing football pitch. Where are you? I'm uh, at Epworth at the minute doing an in-situ visit for an FA Level 2. OK, well, we won't keep you for too long then. Um, am I assuming that the real winner on Saturday was the wind? The wind had an impact, uh, there's no denying that, the wind had a real impact, um, but at the same token, I thought they were poor, to be honest, considering they're above us, uh, I thought they're probably one of the worst teams we've played against, um, but just dealt with conditions a tad better than us, but if we'd have gone up a couple of gears, it's a game I'm expecting us to win, even after the game, I, I think if we'd have played anywhere near at 50% what we can, we'd have won. Yeah, I think, you know, when we did our sort of preview on Thursday, we'd got that down as another three points. And realistically, Newark was looking at a 7th or 8th place finishing the table. So it, it wasn't the result you wanted. But, as you've always said, you probably learn more from those games than you do from the ones that you win. I hope we do. Um, it's starting to... last couple of games have been disappointing because we've, we've had long periods that have been frustrating and disappointing. Um, so hopefully we do learn. Obviously we've now not got a game on Saturday, so we've got two sessions at, at trying to put things right. Um, but like I say, just hopefully, hopefully players do learn. We learnt a lot as, as a coaching team. You do, and um, all you can do is is is, is, is really move on. And you're now knowing which of the lads are going to be up to Central Midlands because I've always said Central Midlands at step seven is the toughest league at that level in the country. Yeah, it's, it's a good standard. Um, I mean, although they were poor at the weekend, they had two or three players that were able to step up and take control. Um, and it's them little bits that I think makes it a difficult league because every team has got two or three where you go in other leagues and they've got one player. But every team we've played have had two or three that if you allow them to play and allow them to start to dominate, um, you have problems. <laughs> you have big problems. <laughs> you, you most certainly do. Um, where are you next? I've not even looked at it to be honest cause <laughs> I've kind of not really looking at the set of fixtures we've got left there's not a single team in there that really interests me um, to be honest I'm expecting us to go and try and win every game so it's going to be more about us um, how we develop and obviously giving some players some opportunities um, show we've got the ahead of next season so really I'm not probably going to be able to tell you week on week if we got. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a look and send you a message so you know where you're going. <laughs> Honestly, a lot more about us than about who we're playing moving forward. Well, you found that before, right? So, you, so you should be all right. <laughs> Damo, I'll, I'll let you get back. Thank, thanks for joining us, and uh, all you to say is we go again next time. We do. Thanks very much. Okay then. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Damo Parkinson. And while I was talking to Damo, I got a little message come through on. Um, the old mobile here, Tony, and um, it's from John Marshall, who's oh, yeah. a long-time um, 
Notts County season ticket holder. And Eric Morecambe lookalike. And Eric Morecambe lookalike. You've got the lad. Got to love my football club. Um, he's got an email today telling him that he can renew his season ticket for the same price next season. We don't know what league we're going to be in or even if we're going to be in existence. <laughs> but they would like me to renew my season ticket at the same price. <laughs> well... I spent 15 years at Meadow Lane and sometimes watching grass grow was one of the options. What do football clubs take supporters for? Fools. Yeah, I mean, they really do. Right, this is... We'll start this and we'll we'll move this on all all week, if you like. It, it was it was St. Patrick's Day yesterday, apparently. Oh, yes. And um, when everybody drinks that peculiar black stuff and whatever. Anyway, it got me thinking. Um, the greatest ever Irish sportsman. I'm going to do this... We probably have St. David. I don't mind where we're Welsh. You've got the Welsh and the English one is to come, obviously, and your lot. So it would be about a couple of names on that <laughs> later on in the year. But we're going to try and, and find... The both, both Kenny Dog, please. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not on it. We're going to try and find out as, as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, at the end of it, we're going to pick our greatest UK sportsman. I've got a list of 13 that I've come up with. Great Irish sports people. And as this week goes on, we'll try and whittle that down to four. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you're with me here, aren't you? Oh, yeah, you? I'm with you. Right, yeah. the only criteria in this is they have to be Irish. Okay. Because I know Irish, the Irish football teams sort of take anybody, don't they? You know, oh. great-grandma had a holiday in Dublin once. You can play for them. Uh, I, don't, I, th- I, think, um, I think Declan Rice has changed that a bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, th- this is who I've got on my list. Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah. 133 times capped for, Hi- for Ireland. Henry Shelthin, the King Kenny Hurling legend. <laughs> so that have, goes because uh, have you ever watched hurling? <laughs> Not their ver- well, yeah, their version of it. It looked lethal, to be honest. It's, it's just like a, a, a street fight in Mansfield, basically. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this is a bit more down your street. AP McCoy, twenty times champion jump jockey. George Best. Yeah. Don't have to say anymore. Alex Higgins, two-time world <laughs> snooper champion. <laughs> Probably the best butter in Ireland. <laughs> Roy Keane. That's the truth. Paul, Paul O'Connell. Back to rugby, because he's, he's six nation. He's won three Six Nations. Barry McGuigan. Mm. WBA featherweight title. Stephen Roach, 1987 Tour de France winner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was sport, not drug abuse. Mary Peters. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dame Mary good, Peters. Good call. Dame Mary Peters. Katie Taylor, boxer, ex-footballer. She's now leading the way in ladies' female female boxing. Joey Dunlop, world champion motorcyclist. Uh-huh. And Patrick Harrington, back-to-back open titles. <sighs> Yeah. So we're knocking off Henry Shelflin tonight because n- I don't understand what Hurling is, but apparently he's a Kilkenny legend. Yeah, well, um, I, I must admit he is big in Kilkenny, but probably not so much in uh, Radio Newtland. Right, so um, we're, down, we're down to 12. Um, sensibly, is there, a, is there a name in there that you don't think should be there? Because you tend to sort Roy of... Keane. Why? Because of the way uh, he treated Ireland in the World Cup. You don't do that to your country. Okay. So Roy Keane's biting the dust. You can tell him, I'm not. <laughs> don't worry me. So at this n- distance. So <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll, AP McCoy. He's not a surprise guest, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just checking. What I did notice when I was doing it. What a hell of a pedigree for what is really a small country. Yeah. It's, um... You know, it's not just... You know, I think if we do Scotland, or when we do Scotland, it's going to be predominantly footballers, isn't it? Yeah. I would guess it's predominantly footballers. <clears throat> We've got rugby, jump jockey, snooker, boxing, cycling, athletics, motorcycling, and golf. Uh, it's, um... It, it, it is a remarkable country. Anybody who's uh, been there, the place is very, very special. And um, 
it produces remarkable people. I mean, people on the street. If you if you go into music, t- totally diversifying in, into the world of music, some tremendous legends of, of the music world are Irish. It's, it's just a remarkable place, as you say, very small place, but the people it produces and the quality of the people is second to none. So on Monday, when this gets narrowed down to four on Thursday, who's your at the minute? Who are you inkling to? Bod. Bod. Brian Driscoll. Oh right, absolute genius. Right, and um, I mean it, it, it just is the epitome of of everything that an Irishman would want to be. Well, I'll tell you what That's we'll do. We'll do it a different way. We'll put him into Thursday's final four. Yeah. Okay, then. So, tomorrow night, it's a busy show, but we'll try and get time. Tomorrow night, you've got to pick another one between A.P. McCoy, George Best, Alex Higgins, Paul O'Connor, Barry McGuigan, Stephen Roach, Mary Peters, Katie Taylor, Joey Dunlop, and Padraig Carrington. I could pick the four ah, now. No, you're not going to do it. <laughs> I'm leave that into suspense until tomorrow night, because the next man coming up is somebody who's got... I won't say explaining to do, but it's all going a little bit pear-shaped for Craig Roach. OK, let's um, have a chat um, all flow save now with Craig Roach. Craig, um, I'm probably being harsh to say the wheels have come off a little bit, um, but that fantastic home form does seem to have deserted you at the wrong time of season. Not for the sake of trying, but that's how things happen in football. Yeah, I'd say it's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Saturday's, uh, Saturday's game at the end of the day, it's, um, it's a good point on paper. You know, from It was key at the start of the game that we didn't lose that match with a position in the league table. Shearwood chasing us. Um, as long as we main, uh, held on to that second spot, that's priority for us. You know, it's all about the chase for promotion. Um, that's what we're after. And second second place will secure that for us if we, um, you know, if we pick up more points than we, than we drop for the running for the last seven games. And those seven games are, are have become now very, very important because um, any follower of non-league football will have seen today on Twitter um, somebody's worked very hard and worked out who the, the nine teams are, even though I still say it's going to be ten teams because somebody dropped out of the Southampton League. Um, but he's got it as nine teams and we collectively Newark we have dropped down to to eighth in that Tony tells me the games that you've got left are more than winnable and it looks to me like you probably are going to have to win the vast majority of them yes um that that was always the case nothing's changed there um we always need we always have to win you know even with 15 games out (laughs) sorry (laughs) these things have to happen Craig Um, yeah it was was always always the case that we had to win win the majority of the games we had and nothing's different now the way there was also gone for us and for Solson and Shearwood Um, points per ratio table changes a lot you know uh, two weeks ago we were seventh Uh, we won one game that put us up to third we've drawn one game and that puts us down to ninth so you know you're talking about point of a point you know, we're thinking we're on top two point four or something now. Um, you know, you, it changes drastically every week. So, uh, as long as we stay in that top nine, as long as uh, you stay in there, then you're okay, aren't, aren't you? That, that that's the main thing. Tell me about because um, the goals came right at the end. I understand. Yeah, um, obviously, anyone who was out and about on Saturday will will, will appreciate how difficult uh, the elements were to play football in, which was a shame because. Um, Two good sides, and I've got respect for Shield. They're a good team, and two good sides. But the win was uh, the win was such a big factor in the game. Um, we played against it in the first half, and Shield struggled to really create any chances against us. Um, Nate Boys made one excellent save, and their lad got through. Um, apart from that, they struggled to uh, to make the wind any any of an advantage for them. Um, very much like the cup semi-final on the Tuesday we defended very well against it we probably created more chances in the first half against it than what we did when we had the win in the second half going in at half time at 0-0 was 
was positive. Um, you know, and we expected to to go on in the second half and really put them under a lot of pressure. Um, but we failed to do that um, enough. We didn't, we didn't create enough chances in front of their goal, um, which was the only disappointing disappointing element of the day. Um, but you know, we've got the Potsy got a free kick later on. I think it was ninety second minute, um, which is an unbelievable strike. I've just seen the video sent through from Alex now. Um, which will be out there tonight, um, and just to, just to go and concede again after three minutes later in the ninety fifth minute, it was just uh, a bit gutting. So it was more the manner uh, of how we, how we lost three points or two points rather than than the actual score over, overall. I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's just a bad result drawing at, drawing to Shearwood. No, I mean I think the, the you know, I, I said last Thursday night the. I mean, forget Selston. If Selston win every single game through now at the end of the season or even lose a couple, they're going to win the thing. OK, so Surf can do absolutely nothing about that. So you forget Selston. They're not in the equation. The main point was is that Shearwood didn't leave Lowfields with three points because that puts them in the driving seat. At the minute, that second spot is yours to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's our focus. You know, we're not, we're not bothered about what Selston do. Obviously, we always look at results afterwards because things change quickly. You know, but they've won again. Um, they're still up there. All we all we're concerned about is we've got seven games to go now. Seven cup finals. We need to win. Um, well, the target is to win seven, and we know that will be enough to take us up. Um, less may do it. Uh, we don't know. There's still seven tough games, um, but equally, Sherwood and Selston have got um, six or seven tough games. Well, I mean, you know, it, it proves well. now, don't it? That you know, you're in a decent standard of football when you're looking at results from. Essex and Cumbria and Devon, because they all of a sudden they matter to you. Yeah, so yeah, it, it proves yeah. exactly. One final question, and this um, this again matters tremendously for Selston and for Flowserve and for Sherwood. Grand grading. I'm assuming Sherwood can't go up because of the. I I've been Sherwood and I know the, diff, the the walk between the two to me is too far, but. I'm 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 also been involved in the FA for long enough to know that if it suits them, they'll bend it. Yeah. So where are we with Flowserve, Sherwood, and Selston? Um, I can only speak for ourselves. I don't know what the situation is um, with Selston and Sherwood. Um, I believe they can go up. I don't think they'd be so excited about the posi- both of the league positions if they couldn't. Um, we don't know who's applied for it yet. I think that gets released in in April. Um, like you say, um, we can only judge it on what we've been told for our ground, and then you look at other grounds and think, how do they get away with that? But like you say, some clubs do at, at step six, step five, and above. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they give them a grace period. Some teams sometimes use that, even though they've got no um, no ambition to do the work, and they'll just have a year at it and then drop drop back out. But um, you know, as far as we're concerned, we've got to get um, covers covered over that seating. That we've got behind the goal, um, and that will be done by the end of March. It's been started today, actually. Um, and the steel for, for that will be going up uh, back end of this week. So by the end of next week, the, uh, the stand should be done over them seats. And for us, that that was all we needed to do. There's a little bit of extra signage that needs to be done, but as far as major works go this, this time around, it's just that uh, covered stand over the seats. Well, that's all the odd work that went into last year, isn't it? And it's you know you can. Whereas other clubs have probably got an awful lot more to do, you just got to get that done, um, and that's got to be done by thirty first of March. Thirty first of March. Well, yeah. um, get Mister Smith down there doing his bit of steel erecting, and I'm sure he can come in, do, in useful yeah. doing something. But yeah, it's got to be done, and, uh, and, and it, it will be done. Yeah. Excellent, Craig. Um, two more matches at home. I mean, that's unbelievable as well. Yeah, seven to go, two at home. Um, first one, Ingle, this Saturday. You owe them. We owe them one, yeah. Um, that was that's what's cost us games like Ingles. Yeah. yeah, that's what's put us in the position when you know we've dropped points where we shouldn't drop points. But you know that happens. If they higher up the the uh, the pyramid you go, um, the less games you're going to win. Simple as that. Because it's just more competitive. And like I said all along, on the day if you're not at it. Um, you know, you'll drop points. You know? I think people would rather watch a competitive match that don't always go your way than. Non-competitive, eight, nine, ten, nil. You know the novelty of that soon wears off. Yeah, of course. Yeah, people want to see a football match. So, flow serve at home again 
um, this weekend and then again next weekend and then if you want to see me you're going to have to travel um, but yep. Craig we'll talk to you again next Monday and uh, hopefully talk about three more points and uh, the other league table that we're all looking at yeah, you've, we'll get back up you've gone up a couple of places yeah okay thanks Craig thank you thanks bye bye um, as usual he answered the questions it was probably the wrong questions but he answered the questions he answered in full fright yeah I mean um, the uh, fiction list has uh, seen uh, Flosser with the last five away Selston have got the last six at home so uh, full Don't credit bitter. full credit to the uh, fixture secretary for that one obviously on some medication we should know about <laughs> and on that note we're going to do this <laughs> <laughs> Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 pm, with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Okay, um, it's not really been the best of weeks for Newark Rugby Club and, um, you know, we ask our, our friends to join us every Monday night and we love it when they've got good things to talk about. I praise them more for coming on this show when it's not been the best of weeks and Damo's done it and Craig's done it and tonight I think it's probably going to be the turn of Rob, Rob Wardman because it's not been really a week to remember at Kellam Road. Rob, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hey, yes. Good evening, folks. Um, on Monday, um, the club announced that they couldn't fulfil a Notts Cup semi-final due to injuries, and Tony has explained at length about injuries in rugby and the reasons why, in his opinion, that was the correct decision. Um, and on Friday... Um, we learned that the coach of nearly three years has left the club. Would you like to say anything on that either subject, Rob? Um, well, it's obviously a very difficult week for all officials involved. Um, where should we start? Um, well, personally, I, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, I am the secretary. I'm not on the board. I wasn't privy to the, uh, to the, the talks around Ben's position. Um, on the, on the fixture against Pavies, we it was decided to, to scratch from the cup because of the injuries we've, we've been um, collecting, and also the uh, the games ahead to uh, for the four league games. Um, and on the, the coaching front, um, I think it was felt that um, now was the time to make a change in in view of next season, wanting to get cracking with, with a new start. They felt that perhaps Ben was. Uh, um, and had his, you know, uh, old coaches have sort of a lifespan, and uh, it, it, time was up. Um, speaking personally, and I stress very personally, as, as a life member and a former secretary, I was surprised at the decision. Uh, I, I thought it was. Uh, um, I'm personally very old-fashioned, and I, I like to see people fulfil contracts and deals, and it, it would have been an um, amicable parting of the ways at the end of the season where, where people can uh, say goodbye and um, leave through the front door so uh, on one hand I'm disappointed in, in the decision on, on the other hand putting a very pragmatic hat on I, I can see the reasons for it so perhaps I've sat on the fence there <laughs> <laughs> it does seem a little bit I mean we don't know what, what's gone off behind oh, yeah, clo- and clo- and, uh, and closed doors but we've what, what was it between players and coaches yes matter you know, the, the club officials uh, have made a call um, they, they think we've got the coaching experience and the coaching people on board to, to take us through to the end of the season we've got two very good coaches in our youth setup senior youth setup two very ex- former experienced players in Steve Hogan Adam Doran uh, we've got Chris Tate and, and Matt Cove um, also going to put their hands up so I'm told. So we've got a, you know a, a quartet of, of very experienced uh, ex-players there to, to take us through. Uh, as I say, talk, speaking very personally, um, I, I'm disappointed it, it, that the club made the decision uh, you know, two ways through, 
two ways, two thirds of the way through a season um, to, to move someone on. But you know, these decisions have to be taken. Um, and, and as I said, on the other hand, you're putting a pragmatic hat on. I, c- I can understand that the decision. Yeah, it's, it just. I'm a bit like you, Rob. I'm 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 old-fashioned, and I think if changes are going to be made, they they're made when you've kicked the final ball of the of of, of the season, and not. Probably, and, and, that's probably in a perfect world, but as we say, yeah. I don't know what's going on between between players. And this coaches. is yeah, um, th- 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 this is a bit. I mean, I just think it's probably inextricably in, entwined, isn't it, between what happened on Monday and what happened on Friday? But it was probably just. I think it's been. Yeah. Um, building up over the last month, we, we've had a couple of poor results um, and, and poor performances. We're not, we're not quite been as consistent consistent as we, we would have liked. And now all eyes, of course, are turning into what turning to what's happening on the park. Now the wonderful sort of oh, facilities so. are done. Is Everybody is that, uh, just moving their attention a little bit to what they're looking well, at we, on, on we, the park. Again, talking very personally, we have to concentrate on the, on the playing side. I think, mm. I think we've got a very good um, staff and um, uh, people to look after the, the event side and, and the new clubhouse. And we need to really focus on the playing side and, and hopefully this decision um, will lead us to, to making good decisions on the playing side and taking things forward. Let's um, move on to um, the Six Nations, if we may, and get your opinion. Now it's all it's all done and dusted. I think we've all got to agree that Wales were. Well, I'm going to make another apology, haven't I, really, to all, to all my Scottish friends. <laughs> uh, well, there's one there's one over as far well, side here. Know, I'm not just eat, eating humble pie tonight. It's uh, accepted, Rob. Uh, I've never seen. I've never watched a game like it. I must admit, I made a you know, very bold <laughs> prediction last week, saying that. Um, I think I inferred that Scotland would be crunched by England. I think I think I may have used the word crunch, mind I? Yes. Thirty-one nil. Those being crunched. What I mean? <laughs> it's called putting out a bit like of coal. Um, Let's be honest, Rob. You wouldn't expect that to happen on a Saturday afternoon at Callum Road. It should never, ever happen at that level. No, uh, it shows how momentum momentum in games can change very quickly. Um, obviously, England played some sublime. Rugby in that first half, you know, held by Scotland's um, thoroughly, you know, very poor, uh, slow start. England, England just feasted on the ball, didn't they? They were given plenty of space by the Scots, and we we played some terrific rugby in that in that first half. And it looked all over, didn't it, at half time? A chink of light for, for Scotland before half was to get that try back, and uh, they then scored two very quick tries in the second half and obviously the momentum by then has started to swing and England sort of lost their way for 20 minutes in that second half we, you know, I must be everyone groaned at the down the down Callum Road everyone groaned whenever we started box kicking and um, we got into, into, a, into sort of a, a ping pong game of um, kicking with the Scots and, and they picked us off that, you know, they're, they're an excellent counter attacking team um, as they showed again at the, you know, last year they beat us fair and square at Murrayfield by playing a, a very attacking game um, and you know who would believe when they when they took the lead but then when England started to control the ball again um, we got that equalising try and conversion a, a remarkable game um, I, I've never seen anything like it but, you know, particularly at, at a top class um, level what price Warren Gatland's England coach ahead of the World well, Cup? Well, it's all part of the rumour mill, isn't it? Um, I just don't know. He, you know, he, he was—he's obviously a man in demand. He's, he's obviously—he decided to step away from Wales. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a fantastic, um, um, well, almost a decade of coaching Wales. You know, a fabulous, fabulous um, track record. Um, he's been linked to the Lions. He could he could coach. Um, there's a move afoot, you know, to, to make him Lions coach a year early. Um, whether that's going to happen, I, I, I don't know. He's, I think there's also speculation this today in, in some of the media about him, you know, going to coach the All Blacks. Obviously, the World Cup, at the end of the World Cup, is sort of this sort of watershed for all coaches. There's a there's a coaching merry-go-round, um, and, and Gatlin benefited from that way back in. Um, when he first joined Wales, um, England was slow off the mark in uh, looking for a new coach, um, and Wales grabbed Gatland, and 
England didn't, England didn't move as quick as the uh, the Welsh officials at the time. And uh, a decade later, this England is supposedly hunting Gatland again. Whether it's, just, I just don't know. You know, obviously, uh, Gatland's a man in demand. He could, um, he, you could see him go and coach the All Blacks if he wanted. But uh, I, I don't know whether he will. He, the, the, when he was coach of the Lions out in New Zealand. It was a pretty fierce time for him. He got a lot of stick in the New Zealand media for whatever reason. Would he, would he want to go back home and face all that again? Um, don't know. It'd be interesting. But obviously, I don't think his top-class coaching career is over. Now that Gatlin step, is, 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 is stepping down, was that the reason Ben Buxton went? Things have happened, Thomas. What, Thomas. what Gatlin goes to England and Eddie Jones comes well, to New York? You never know, dear. <laughs> you know, last week, Rob, we were talking about um, the rugby tour. Yes. Um, my youngest went to, to Melrose. Good at, man himself, at, the home of the Sevens. At um, the weekend, and um, his mother went with him on, on, on the mm. tour and come back saying fantastic things about how Melrose looked after them, they, they got the accommodation sorted for them, they gave them a big meal when they got there, the training, um, because of the weather they went and found a 3G at Galley Shields or somewhere anyway, they went off to find a 3G uh, and then they had a, took them all back to Melrose for a meal afterwards and when Finley got back home last night he showed me his Players Player medal um, and I'll tell you what, as a granddad. I felt fantastic, and Finlay, for an 11-year-old, was on the ceiling. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, no, he's very privileged to go to Melrose. Melrose is one of the great clubs of um, Scottish rugby. Um, um, and it's, I think it's one of the founding venues of, of, of seven-a-side rugby as well. They used to play a very famous Borders seven series, including Melrose. Um, no, a very grand old Scottish club, um, I think you know they would you know very old, very old school, and I, I can imagine any youth group going up to Melrose would um, absolutely love it. Um, they had a Scottish international. I can't remember his name, but he knows he played for them thirty something times. They had a Scottish international there. Charmers. Um, he's. he's um, I must admit, he never got to the name because he was that. It was that gone. The fact that he sat next to a Scottish international. One of the recent ones is Craig Chalmers. Yeah. Oh, it's just a lovely, lovely weekend, and I've never seen him so happy as when he got well, back last board, night. You know, it's a Scottish heartland of rugby, and uh, if we had an hour, we could talk, you know, what, how the heck um, the Scottish Rugby Union failed to build a professional team in, in, in the borders, but obviously very small population, but very proud club still, still playing a lot of good rugby. I say he couldn't stop talking, Rob. He did after about an hour because he was fast asleep. Right. <laughs> He's had that much of a weekend. <laughs> you know when you've had a bad week, which Newark, we agree that Newark's had a bad week, in any sport, what happens at the end of the bad week? Your next game is away to the league leaders. Yes, no, it... it <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, we, go, we go to Melbourne. First and second teams are due to play at Melbourne on Saturday, 3pm kickoff. They are the league leaders. So there we are. Yes, it's been a tough week. Um... And we, we just got to get a team together, um, and we got, you know, let's get back on the park. We've, we've had a week off. Um, we can play good rugby. We've had some very good results. Um, we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, get a team together. Get out of there. Nobody's bothered about what the result is because we all expect you to get beat at the weekend. But if you don't, it'd be fantastic. Everybody is already looking at March the thirtieth. March the thirtieth. Yes, week after when we're away to Southwell. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the one we're all looking at. Rob, thank you so much. Thank you for talking as you talk tonight. I mean, it's been it, it's not easy, well, but uh, I'm not, I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm not on the board. I can't say. If, uh, I'm not speaking on behalf of the club. I've given uh, a windy Rob Wildman answer, and, and I've, tried <laughs> to give, I've tried to give you a few facts. Lovely, Rob. As ever, thank you so much. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. I have been looking forward to this moment since about four o'clock on Saturday afternoon when I found out all the scores. It's hockey time. We welcome Paul Halfpenny back to Radio New York Sport. Paul, good evening. Good evening. Um, question one. <laughs> Tony's already an answered it because he's not very brave. <laughs> Should you weaken your first team to make your second team stronger or should you always make the first team the strongest? Or well, do you play for a club? Well, the thing is that, you know, we, we've got to look at the development of the club. And 
what we would dearly like is is to have the new ladies first team where they are in the Midlands. Um, the next league down in the Nottinghamshire Prem, we'd like our second team, and then obviously the next league down, like a third team, and then with the fourth team, one league down. Well, we can't do anything about the fourth team, but uh, we could certainly do something about the second team, couldn't we? And that was the decision that you made last week, um, and it was made again between, I assume, Sally and yourself this weekend to um, put Sarah Pask and Hannah Coe into the twos. Uh, let's get one thing straight right at the beginning. The first team are safe, aren't they? Well, yeah, there's only two going down this, this year. Uh, hence why there's no panic in my voice whatsoever all season. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, um, yes, but, but Sarah and Hannah have played a lot of second team games this season. Um, so we're not really doing anything untoward. Oh, no, I never uh, suggested that. Yeah, um, some people from other clubs may may suggest it though. Um, but the thing is that, like this week, they will double up, so it is perfectly legal to have two players um, dropping down to the twos to come back up again. So, or if you're short of players, having two players come up. So, um, but but to, just to put uh, a sort of spoke in the wheel, it's uh, Hannah Coe's not available this week, so <laughs> it'll be Sarah Pascanet and other. So, Sarah has got to play in the biggest match of the twos for an awful long time, because it's quite simply win and you're promoted. That's so, correct. that's what makes yeah. it a massive match. And then, she has a 10, 15, 20 minute rest, and then plays against the league leaders, Repton. Oh, she's as fit as a butcher's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter okay. of the season. When we spoke last <laughs> la- last week, um, the big fly in the ornament, um, we know, in theory, um, if the twos get four points from two games, they're going to get promoted. We suggested that the final game of the season should be the game that they're going to win. It ought to be. That's what the form book says. Um, but taking anything from the, Not- from the University of Nottingham, who have dropped w- one match all season they they've drawn one and won everything else that they have played in was one hell of a an ask and then to find that no it was three one up at half time you must have been in dream world um yes but obviously i wasn't there um i can only get sort of the the, the after match reports but um it, it was uh, it was the thriller in manila wasn't it it was it was a real sort of ding dong um but it, it sets it up for an absolute thriller this weekend because it's on paper yes Newark should win they should be players first team but they need to rattle some goals in to save the third team because the third team could still be relegated on goal difference if they concede far too many to the university so it, it's still another thriller this this weekend it's half past ten at the Magnus, and for ones of them that don't go and watch hockey, I suggest you get yourself down to the Magnus at half past ten on Saturday morning because you you're going to be him for one hell of a spectacle. You really are. Um, Sarah Jackson, um, it's a name that I know mainly through tennis. It's also a name I know of a young lady that's too shy to come into this studio, but I've not given up yet. Sarah Jackson, shy, really? She won't come into this studio. Oh dear. Um, yeah, she's she's coming. Unless, unless you start twisting her arm for me. Oh, we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, yeah, she's um, she, she's a lady that, that um, I, I took on sort of with the third team some three years ago, um, and and came with a bit of a reputation, um, a reputation for a bit of ferocity, um, and and yeah, and it, it's well channeled, and and she's very quick, very athletic. Um, and the only thing that was missing really was was the fine tuning the hockey skills. But that that's happening now. You know, she's training with the ones and twos now. And um, I've said it on many occasions. I just wish she'd have started playing hockey fifteen years ago. <laughs> we, we'd have a much different Sarah Jackson, I think. Yeah. But she scored a hat trick, so she 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 must have been uh, her best ever hockey weekend. Oh, absolutely. It's I got mean, to be, isn't it? To, to get a hat-trick against the university. I mean, how good was that point? I mean, yes, I know I made a big thing about Sarah and Hannah, but that's two out of 11. 
I mean, how how good is is that point? I mean, I suppose you, if you want to be super critical, they conceded five goals, but to put five goals past them, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a magnificent magnificent performance. But then again, so was the away performance before Christmas. They they sadly couldn't win. But um, you know, their coach came up to Sally and says, "Good gracious, you know that that was a." a tough game, and that's the hardest game we've had all season. Um, so I think they probably turned up at the Magnus expecting a tough game, but I don't think they expected uh, <laughs> dropping two points. They certainly got one. Oh, they did. Um, the men made very hard work of <laughs> beating Mansfield. Oh, good gracious me. What was um, all that about? Um, well, myself and Sally were there, and um, they quickly went into a one-goal lead. One goal became two, two nil up. And then it was the most bizarre... It was like watching England versus Scotland in the rugby. <laughs> Not another one. <laughs> it, it was... Good gracious me, they, they, before we knew it, they were 4-2 down. <coughs> and I just couldn't see where the, the goals were going to come from. I thought, how can I lose to these? And, uh, and then turned it around to a 5-4 win. What a thriller. What a thrilling day. <laughs> you didn't get many days like that, do you, Paul? No, not at all. No. <laughs> it, it makes it all worthwhile when you get days like that, provided you're on the winning. Well, yes, yeah. There. So, <laughs> as, as as this hockey season comes to a conclusion, or in the next two or three weeks, it, it's going to come. All eyes really are on at Newark, the ladies' twos now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Although saying that, as first team coach, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Saturday. To, to see how far we've come because we've put in some amazing performances um, since Christmas, really. Um, much better than before Christmas. And it'll just be interesting to see where what the score's going to be on Saturday against Repton, who are running away with that league. So it'd be nice if the first team could put in a, a bit of a form, a bit of a performance like the uh, the second team did. But yeah, you know, the, the glory's going to be all with the second team. So it, it'll be nice, actually, for the club Assuming, of course, that the, the twos don't uh, hit a banana skin, that you know it, we do get a little bit of success out of the season. Yes, it's always nice at the end of the season you've got some show. And of course, you've still got your youngsters in the Midland Championships. Certainly have, and Limby. So you, you've still got that to look forward to as as, as as well. Paul, I'm certainly intending being there on Saturday morning, and I hope one or two people turn up because it's going to be one heck of a spectacle. I. I I can't wait for it, really. I've seen what the celebrations are like when you lot win something. <laughs> Tony and I have sat in the corner of many a pub and, cow- and cowed out of the way when <laughs> when the celebrations have started. <laughs> but uh, brilliant result on Saturday. 5-5 five, five against a team that's just dropped one game all season. It, it's just one heck of a performance. It really is. Paul, fantastic. Was. And uh, we look forward, don't we? I bet you can't wait. I can't. We can't wait till Saturday. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. And that is our little roundup that we call the weekend wrap. Um, It's very early. What is? The middle of March for the quarter of the year. It is really, isn't it? Sarah Sarah Paskey's as fit as a butcher's dog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would never say that to her. (laughs) Um... (laughs) You would. Oh dear. Uh, lo- lo- <laughs> lovely, lovely Sarah. Um, you know, and dear again, because we've often criticised footballers and sometimes criticised rugby players. She's going to play at <laughs> half past ten on Saturday morning in the game where she's expected to be the star, she's expected to run the show, and she's expected to make sure that that team get promoted. She's got 20 minutes rest. And then she's got to play against the league leaders. You know, that is commitment, Tony. That, that, that is, there's, a, there's a very short step between commitment and committed, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> but there is. But I bet she sleeps well. <laughs> you know, and then the next one you wear is, oh, I can't come because I'm going to watch Forest. Yeah, right? yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's just... Um, there, is, there is a different level of commitment in different sports. And um, that that is absolutely exceptional. I led with the hockey at the start because I did think, yeah, I, I, you know, I, the university had played 
before that game had played 16, won 15 and drawn one. Hmm. No seconds up against that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done to them. I mean, that, that, that goes straight into our um, performance of the month category. Hmm. Um, it's got it. Um, it really has has got to do, and it's been a mixed weekend because Rob spoke about the rugby club, and they've had better weeks. Let's put it like that. Yeah, and flow serve go from a low to a high to a low in eight days. Oh, I, I think I'm with Craig on this one. I don't <laughs> think Saturday was a low. It's it's a low in the chase of Selston. If, if because I think Selston's got a, gone now. I, we we haven't really got time now, but in a, my opinion about uh, match officials at uh, step six, if you've got two very experienced guys on the on the with, with flags, and you've got one in the middle, and the entire reason that game went to ninety six minutes was because of the guy in the middle. And Sels and, and Sherwood equalised in the ninety-sixth minute. I don't think Sherwood. I, I, I don't think Sherwood. But uh, uh, really you see, you see the. If I can come back at you on that one, because what you're really going to say is one of the experienced guys should have been in the middle, and then the game would have lasted ninety-two minutes, and, and we'd have had three okay. points. Right. But how does the young lad gain experience? Because he's obviously good enough to have gone on through step seven. So he's now going to. What you've got to remember. Is as good as it is at flow serve. It's still only the second step of a pyramid. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate that we're at a level of football where the referees are being used as stepping stones in their own careers. But footballers in step six are also stepping stones, aren't they? Because in theory, they're going to be seen by. Okay, money's taken over, I know, but they're going to be t- seen by teams like Grantham and Baysford, and then when they get there, they're going to be seen by teams like Mansfield and Lincoln. That was how it used to work before money got really it, it's all good. But as a referee, that's how he's working through it, isn't it? That's what Cooter did. It's what Phil Joslin did. Some some won't make it. No, I suppose that's why there's assessors there every week to pick out the bad ones. Don't say anything. Um, <laughs> I suppose that's why there's assessors there. There's bad assessors too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eight o'clock. Is that, is that my taxi? <laughs> yeah, we can talk to me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I've seen a lot of young referees this se- season, and a, I, a lot of them, I think, are on the right lines. You know my opinion, if people would let them referee... There'll be better referees, but I suppose that's what we got a law book for. Thursday night, we're talking about VAR again. It's, <laughs> the, it's the, o- the one and only reason Manchester City are in the FA Cup. Did you hear about the Because they haven't got VAR at Swansea. Now, how can you not have it at some grounds and have it at others in the same competition? Did you hear about the flag at Bayern Munich? I'll tell you about it after nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that good. <laughs> So we're going to talk about VAR again on first night when it's strictly me and Tony plus one because um, it's Chris Hassel's night to join us and tell us what the wonderful Jags wheelchair basketball doing. Tomorrow night we're going swimming. On Wednesday night we're talking cricket. Paul Johnson is talking all things cricket. Local, county, international and Johnny. Tony can't wait for Wednesday night. <laughs> Radio New World.